0: The content discussed in this episode is for educational or informative purposes only and should not be replaced by individualized professional consultations or professional medical advice. Welcome to the Founders Series of Doctor of the Podcast. This year, I'm signing up for a triathlon happening in summer. And to prepare myself, in this Founder Series, I'm going to be having one-on-one conversations with experts in the field. And hopefully, it will keep myself accountable and nurture my community on a day-to-day. So without further ado, hope you enjoy this episode. So last month before the triathlon and I am terrified, I'm realizing how much of a burden or even money this challenge is actually costing me from getting the right gear. This is far from being pro stuff, by the way, to actually getting myself to the event. You know, that said, I'm now getting myself prepared uh, for the last few weeks leading up to the triathlon. And I'm thinking nutrition, mindset, actual workouts. And I have the perfect guest to speak about this. Today, we have Kelsey. So Kelsey is a triathlete competing from sprint to middle distance triathlon. She is also a lecturer in sport nutrition, physiology, which she pursued after completing her PhD. So welcome to Dot the so Podcast. Crazy. So Kelsey, from you've been posting on your social media. Uh, every weekend, you've been in, in one of these events, be it a marathon, a triathlon, a race. How do you keep up with this very expensive hobby, in my opinion? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's definite. I guess it's not very inclusive from that perspective from a cost angle. The majority of the stuff I own is secondhand, a hydration system or a bottle I'd never buy secondhand, but clothes, anything like that, secondhand is the way forward. And I think it's all about starting small to begin with. So like the first bike I rode on before I, well, I'd entered Leeds Triathlon. I didn't have a bike, I didn't have a wetsuit, I didn't have... I don't even think I had a swimming costume at this point you need a bike like it doesn't necessarily have to be a top of the range bike but you need something with two wheels that is safe there are schemes available that make it cheaper there's also things like the cycle to work scheme um, which your company might be eligible for which means you don't pay the, the tax on the bike so it can really heavily discount the cost of that purchase and all the accessories if maybe buying new isn't an option Facebook marketplace. There's lots of pages on Facebook where people are literally getting rid of stuff all the time. Um, and I think it's prioritizing what you really need and what's going to have like the biggest impact on performance. So what do you actually need to get through this and what do you want? You need a helmet from a safety perspective. That's probably something I would never buy secondhand. I'd always buy a brand new helmet just because of if you drop a helmet, then it kind of deteriorates in terms of its effectiveness. And then in terms of, I guess, actually paying for races, the easiest way to keep costs down is to pick races that are local. You pick races that are local. You don't have to um, pay much in petrol. You don't need to worry about an overnight stay. It's when you start trying to maybe go abroad or go something that's a little bit further around. It's going to take you more than a few hours you need to stay. Um, It then starts to get quite an expensive game. If you've got friends that are in the sport already, consider driving up with them or sharing with them too. it also. I think it helps work with the experience and kind of race nerves if you're all in it together. Tie them in as a holiday. So although this isn't a typical family holiday, me and my um, family actually made a big weekend out of Southport, which I went to two weeks ago now.
0: So making it effective, right? How can it fit in your day to day or in your plans? but definitely if you don't have a car, which is like, for example, my case, I was just thinking I have to rent a car. And it's not that far, but there's like a few kilometers that I need to take from the station to the actual event. Maybe my mistake here was to actually pick that race. For example, the London a triathlon has been booked booked out since a few, few weeks now. And so you could tell that conveniency is key.
1: But yeah, definitely. There's definitely like set races in set areas that would make it a lot easier depending on where you're based.
0: Walk me through how does your last few days or weeks looks like kind of leading up to the triathlon?
1: Yeah, it heavily depends on like, I guess, what distance it is. Sprint standard or middle or long if you do long. So sprint is 750 swim, 20k bike, 5k run. So that's typically like the shortest triathlon you'll get, apart from things like you go tri series, which is not always, but typically aims more at like first timers or beginners that just want to really dip their toe in the water. You then have um, standard or Olympic distance, um, which is fifteen hundred meter swim, forty k bike, ten k run. So it's double that of a sprint distance. You then have middle distance which is 1,900 meter swim. So only 400 meters more than your standard, but the bike and the run, well, the bike particularly becomes substantially longer. So you're talking a 90 kilometer bike and a half marathon. And then you've obviously got a full Ironman, which is then double that, but I've never done a full Ironman. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the prep is kind of different
0: for each one. So And maybe let's focus on the standard one.
1: So the first thing I think about is, okay, how long is this event actually going to take me? Because that's going to determine what you're eating on the day and also whether you actually need to think about stuff like carbohydrate loading in the days before. So anything over 90 minutes, ideally, you would have some sort of carbohydrate loading strategy where you are maximizing the amount of carbohydrates, um, which are ultimately like saturated in your muscles. Therefore, when it comes to race day, you've got uh, energy basically like topping up your um, petrol in your car. You've got a fuel, your full engine ready to go where your body can draw on these carbohydrates to create energy during the day. Obviously, the bigger the store, the potential for more energy and better performance. So with a standard distance. That will take most people, well, it takes everyone, I'm pretty sure, even the pros, more than an hour and a half to do. So you know from that point that you do need to consider a carbohydrate loading strategy. There's a few ways that you can do this. Um, I'll probably speak about the most popular way, which is a one-day kind of loading protocol the day before. The, The amount you have to eat is a lot. So let's say for somebody that weighs 60 kg you're looking at around 600 to 720 grams of carbs. So it's around 10 to 12 grams per kilogram of however much that person weighs. You don't necessarily just have to do this through food. You can throw carbohydrate drinks, like carbohydrate powders into water, and that obviously helps with hydration too. You obviously get the benefit there of actually you're also making sure you're in a well hydrated state as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is the day before. You've also got to factor in logistically what you actually need to do the day before. So what, what event is it that you're doing? Which race is it? Is the
0: one in Windsor.
1: Okay. You do then also need to consider how you're going to carry some of this food that you also need to eat. And you need to I set timers on my phone like every hour to make sure that I'm eating something, whether it's I'm having like some jelly or whether it's lunchtime and I'm gonna have like some cocoa pops. Um, so the majority of my carbohydrate loading strategy is made up of pub. oats, probably for breakfast, bagels, cocoa pops, jaffa cakes. There's definitely some sweets in there because I love sweets. <laughs> um, and then my dinner is typically like a spag bowl with like garlic bread, some pasta kind of base dish. Um, and it's something that it requires a bit of practice you have to get used to that feeling of like being a little bit full for the day but yeah. it definitely pays dividends the next day if you've fueled yourself the day before and loaded yourself with the carbohydrates you need for performance because that's ultimately where you're predominantly wanting to get the majority of your energy from uh, Intensity that is depicted from a standard distance race
0: can i ask how do you manage digestion here at this point because like say you're eating all this food and the following day do you need to feel somewhat a certain sense of lightness
1: i always say like if you don't feel a little bit fluffy on race day you've probably not done it right so Mm. as long as it's practiced and you know that you can withhold that um Mm. so if you ever do do another standard um in terms of the morning of it's Mm. all about knowing your body and timing so it's the getting the balance of waking up early enough that the load that you have isn't going to affect your race but mm-hmm. not waking up so early that you're obviously not getting enough sleep so yeah it's finding that that I guess that sweet spot in terms of how much food can you manage in those hours into the race so for me I'll typically have a big massive bowl of porridge and probably some toast and then three hours out two hours out one hour out it's more snacking on things like jaffa cakes or I use of a lot of um the science and sports stuff so like the jelly chews rather than proper food I guess that will help with that lightness feeling as well right Um, some people like to put stuff in their drinks at that stage I'm probably my stomach doesn't like it too much so I do try and get the majority of my stuff in through food and then before I start the race I'll probably have some form of gel before I go because obviously you're going the duration of the swim with no fuel
0: right and so as you arrive so on the, the actual race, uh, do you have breaks during the event where you can drink water, refuel in a certain way?
1: Yeah, so I guess you don't have breaks, but you fuel on the go. So having a bottle on your bike. So for me, the easiest way to do this is I set like, I don't know if you have like a watch or a Garmin computer, you can set alerts on it to go up mm-hmm. every 10 or 15 minutes. So One of the things I do whilst I'm racing is I'll look at the time. I'll look at my heart rate. If I've got heart rate strap on, I'll look at the watts, depending on what bike I'm using, because I'm lucky that I have one bike that will tell me like how hard I'm pushing. Mm -hmm. And I'll also look at the time and look at, okay, when do I need to fuel next? When do I need to hydrate next? But the Garmin also has like an alert that you can set to go off every 15 minutes. And that's basically my alert. Have I drank yet? No. Okay, now I, I need to drink. Right. Um so on the go and then same with the food as well. And then on the run there'll be fuel stations and um water, so there'll be probably some sort of brand there. It might be high five, it could be science of sport, might be something like Morton. A good idea is to find out what that nutrition will be on the day and mm-hmm. practice that you practice using that in training as well. Right. Um and yeah, it's just a case of grabbing go whilst you're running or cycling you can stop if you want to but if you are I guess a bit more time driven like I guess me then I don't want to stop to fuel I want to be fueling as I'm still working
0: right I think my target is to just complete it
1: (laughs) so then maybe having stuff in transition would probably be a good thing for you to get out the swim get into transition whilst you're getting yourself ready to the bike have something to eat have something to drink get on your bike start you'll still need a little bit during the bike but then you don't have to worry so much about yeah. trying to fuel while cycling because I know sometimes that's not the easiest when you're first starting out or something right. I still struggle with to be honest but
0: mm-hmm. practice <laughs> yeah and so um in terms of like gear what you're wearing do you have to change do you change from like water to to cycling or do you keep the same gear
1: I'll stay in the same it depends so is the swim next week open water or a pool a pool based triathlon it's open water on. so yeah. yeah you'll put your tri-suit under your wetsuit and then you strip your wetsuit off either in transition or whilst running into transition whatever's easiest Um, and then you have your tri-suit already underneath kind of ready to go so you don't need to right. worry about changing the one thing I'd recommend is either baby oil but don't get it on your hands around your kind of wrists and your ankles and that will help get the wetsuit off really easily Mm, like i say though don't put it on your hands use a plastic bag to apply it because i've never actually done it myself but the baby oil on your hands will change how your hand enters the water and it can effectively Uh alter your stroke during swimming so oh, if you're okay. gonna use baby oil, apply it with a plastic bag and make sure you don't get it on your hands. Or I get my family to put it on for me.
0: So if you've got okay. any. so there. you actually have support during the transition. Uh,
1: not during the. So this is before the race. All before right. You start put some baby oil on before you put your wetsuit on. Um, but no, I don't think there's any race unless you, I guess, got a medical condition that will allow support during the race yeah. itself.
0: And mindset. How do you? How do you prepare yourself to this? Because there's the nerves that, like right now, I'm feeling anxiety. I, I'm just wondering, like, how do you manage the mindset around this?
1: I try not to see, and this is probably this is the wrong approach most people would say, but this is the approach that works for me. Mm-hmm. I try not to view it as triathlon. I right. try to view it as a swim, then a bike, yeah. then a run. Partially mm-hmm. because my mindset is. I have a fear of going too hard and then blowing up and not being able to complete at the end. But I have kind of learned, particularly over the last six months or so, that you are a lot more capable of what you think you are. And typically the thing that's limiting you most is your mind. So I treat it as I'm going to go out and do a really hard swim. I'm going to get off the swim and I'm going to do a really hard bike and not worry about the run. And then I'll focus on the run at the end. So I try and treat it as the swim, you know, you've done that distance probably now in the pool or close to that distance. So let the race carry you for the rest. The bike, you've probably at least done at least half to seventy-five percent on a bike ride at some point by now. So you know you've got the fitness to do that bike, and the same for the run. Like you've done all three of those elements, you're just putting them together now and just right. think, okay, let's get through the swim. And then whatever happens, even if it's not what you want, like, so for example, for me, I'm, I've really worked hard on my swimming over the winter, but it hasn't actually been reflected in the open water yet. So my easiest way now to kind of manage that is I don't swim with my watch. So I don't actually know what time I've done my swimming until I've finished and have confidence in the training that you've done. You've done the work, you've done the training. This is literally just you celebrating all that work that you've done.
0: Yeah, I think it's a beautiful way to say it. It's like a celebration of all these this time of of training and not taking it too seriously also because at the end of the day, you know, I'm actually doing this for fun and I actually have, I have had fun uh, training. So why should it not be fun as you are on the day off? So um, completely agree on that. And I actually resonate with just stay in the moment in the sense that, okay, you're actually currently doing the swim and then, don't worry too much about what's coming next when you're you're getting there you worry about that when you get there and I think that's that's a good that's a good strategy so yeah thank you for that
1: next week I'll probably only do like one or two like tougher sessions at the start of the week and then it's just the case of okay you're into recovery phase it's just right. easy runs easy swims mm-hmm. easy bikes just to keep everything kind of ticking over and that you're not losing fitness by doing nothing and the day before you might do like a bike and a run, very, very short, like 20, 30 minutes each. And they'll have maybe a minute or for the bike or 30 seconds for the run of like, we call them race pace efforts, right, right. sharpness. I think in the science, it's related more to like preactivation potentiation. So just getting yourself and your, I guess the neuromuscular side of your body and also mentally like this is the pace you're going to be doing tomorrow this is how Mm -hmm. it's going to feel before you kind of hit the start line but yeah the week of the race is all about rest and recovery so getting enough sleep Mm
0: -hmm.
1: obviously just hydrating well throughout the week getting nutrition right so just simple things like making sure you're getting your fruit and veg in for the week because when you start carbohydrate loading you're not focusing on fruit and vegetables unfortunately right. literally focusing on how much carbs can i get in my body so yoga pilates making sure i'm feeling stretched feeling fresh and um, right. the week of is kind of how i approach it mentally it really depends so when i'm with my family it's easy because i'm distracted if it's a race i'm going to on my own on uh, the day before i'll definitely try and find like a film and I'll bring my laptop with me or I'll make sure I have something to do the night of the race before I then go to sleep. Yeah
0: I wonder if there is this kind of withdrawal which is you know you have this ultimate high when you're on it you know endorphins that are released during the race etc and and do you experience a a low? Uh, oh absolutely once you're done?
1: definitely like so the majority of my training God would say probably since Maybe November, I decided that so I'd never done a standard distance. So I'd done a sprint and I'd done um, a middle, but I'd never done a standard or Olympic distance. So all of my effort, I suppose, over the last six to seven months has been focused into my first standard distance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I did it. I had a really great race for me. I was really happy with the performance that I'd put down. But then afterwards, it was like that ultimate goal was gone. I'd Mm. raced for like three weeks on the bounce and I was tired. It was a busy period at at work as well. So like, and yeah, Mm. I did. I struggled probably after Southport. I managed to train the Monday, the day after. And then for me, like I typically don't really have recovery rest days. My rest days are active recovery. So I'll do something Mm. really, really, really easy. I prefer it that way. But I think I went all the way from the Tuesday to the Sunday of literally not I didn't want to train um I wasn't really sleeping that well either so yeah I think this is a thing like mental health is I guess on a spectrum and Mm -hmm. I think everyone can say that you have some weeks where it's just not your week and you are down and I think my down came after all my energy and all my effort had been put into like this one race and it had gone the way I'd wanted to I was really happy with it um Mm -hmm. I'm, re- I'm really keen on getting a good work-life balance after my PhD and mm-hmm. think after I lost that focus, I love having something to focus on – I just didn't really know what to do with myself. Right. Luckily, I've just, I'm have just i just finding my way out of that now mm-hmm. and that kind of lack of motivation. But yeah, it definitely comes with waves. I think it's just about like listening to yourself and being kind to yourself.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that it's because it's going to be whatever it's going to be on the triathlon, be it good or bad. But I was thinking, what's next? What happens afterwards? And well, I'm still going to continue doing this because I enjoy and I like the, the fitness and the the serenity that i get after a workout cuz it's a stress release as well and so the fact that you're saying like there is a down uh, how does it feel like do you feel lost is is that the word
1: i don't know if i feel lost i just feel very let's say pre southport there was no way i was skipping any sessions for anyone in that schedule like somebody probably had to be dying for me to skip a session whereas <laughs> like okay last, like last week i was like i'm not doing it i feel tired <laughs> I'm fed up with it. Like, no, it's just not happening.
0: Do you feel it's more like in relation to the discipline? For you to be able to reach your target, it requires a certain discipline, right? And that is something that just gives you like tempo, right? And then do you feel like out of balance or, or kind of there's something that is not clicking with regards to the discipline? Or is it about the why? What's What's next?
1: Maybe a bit of both, if I'm honest. It's difficult to say because it's almost like a mental fatigue rather than a physical fatigue. So you're like mentally tired of being so regimented and strict with a schedule that once that schedule's finished, it's almost like, okay, maybe I need a break from the schedule. So I guess last week was my break from my typical schedule. It's hard to put a finger on it if you race a lot. This is why athletes typically in triathlon will have like a mid-season break and um, in the winter where you are forced to take at least a week off typically two weeks off where you you don't do a lot you like you do things as and when you feel rather than the schedule and I think maybe the races I've not really had chance to reflect on it too much yet but maybe having all those races back to back is not something that I should do in the future mm. and actually maybe next year I'll make sure there's a bit more space between races but I just right. love racing
0: I mean that's so beautiful in the sense that you have you've studied these you you studied your body you studied how your body like needs nutrition how it fuels itself how it can push itself so you understand the science behind and you're actually practicing and you're noticing how the theory applies to the the practice yeah. and that's why I love speaking to you today and I think you gave me so many good tips as regards to actually how to go about it I'm definitely not as hardcore as you I look up to <laughs> you but uh definitely gave me good pointers of what to think of and not take it too seriously as well I think that is my Enjoy biggest it. exactly it's supposed to be fun so I'm really it's okay to be
1: nervous like nerves isn't necessarily like a bad sensation it's just not letting the nerves over cripple
0: you, yeah,
1: and, and ruin the fun,
0: right? Like,
1: okay, I'm nervous. Why am I nervous? I'm nervous because maybe I've not done all this together, but actually, I know I can swim that far, I know I can buy that far, I know I can run that far. I'm literally just doing it all together,
0: mm, yeah. Well, that's a great way to end our conversation, but before uh, I let you go, I have our rapid fire questions to ask you. So, the first one is, what is the first sign that you recognize when you're out of balance?
1: Me not wanting to train, mentally don't want to do it, even though I physically should be able to.
0: Right. So it's like kind of your signal. And and what do you do to cope and to rectify that?
1: I'll probably miss the session. I'll swap my bike session for a bath or getting my nails done or making my mum take yeah. me to the spa. something just allows me to like have a mental break and reset.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, is probably what I do.
0: That sounds like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> And what is one book uh, or documentary? It could be a film, anything that really has impacted your approach to well-being and wellness.
1: I don't really have a book or a documentary, but I have a. It's an Instagram page. It's called Mindset Therapy, um, and there's one that's also called Wealth, and they have just general life and wellness hacks. Um, And I will sometimes when I'm having maybe a bit of a confidence crisis or um finding myself going through the spiral of like comparing myself to others I will literally go on there and flip on there. Mindset right. therapy is a great one.
0: Thank you so much yeah thank you so much for for taking the time to speak to me especially in the few weeks leading up to the triathlon really helped me ease those nerves. Thank you uh, Kelsey for being on doctor.
1: <laughs> You'll have a great time. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and
0: select that follow or subscribe button. For now, stay safe and we'll see you next week.